You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Hello, lovers. Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you can tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed, the show where you can come to discover the best things you never knew existed, and the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. My name is Koji. I am a part-time pickup artist (laughs) and a full-time coward, (laughs) and with me, as always, is my good friend and uh, ladies' man, suave debonair, Andrew Patterson. Hello. What a weekend. Yeah. Actually, fuck that. What a week, too. Just a lot of crazy stuff happening. Some, uh, you know, I don't know. It's been, it, it, is, it was genuinely a tough week. And, mm-hmm. then, and a lot of, like, awful, you know, uh, very sad things happening. Some very frustrating things happening yeah. uh, for those of us that live in Ontario. But then the weekend just got, it just turned up, man. Yeah. Shit got real, like real fast. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been. We won't go into detail, but needless to say, Koji and I, uh, well, yeah, we went out on the town and, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then the, ta- the town went out on us. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So this week, the movies are um, Red Sparrow is the You Gotta Love It, mm-hmm. and Death Wish is the hidden gem, the remake of Death Wish. Mm-hmm. Death Wish 2018. Eli Roth. Yes. Yeah, everyone's favorite inglorious bastard, um, and director of generally extremely violent <laughs> cabin fever, uh, right? Yeah, over the top, uh, hostile. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, violent yeah, yeah. stuff. He um, does a lot of Blumhouse stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll get into. Well, well, I guess we start there, right? We start with the hidden gem. So let's just talk about Death Wish. Uh, interestingly, it, it, not as hyper violent as. His other, st- I mean, there are scenes of hyperviolence, but yeah. like it's not, it's not consistent. Yeah, uh, I was pleasantly surprised by this movie, even though it was the hidden gem. Yeah, I think um, I was expecting when I saw that this was like another uh, a milder version of our. Uh, we got to come up with some sort of slogan for it, but you, the trait you see a trailer for a movie and people like immediately like, oh, it's going to be awful or it's going to be this based yeah. solely on the trailer. This movie was like that, where I was like, oh, it's a new Bruce Willis, like. This is the movies he does. Even the ones that are slightly more serious, you know, like that one about the house, the like lockdown in the house where he was like the cop. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to to like the fucking diehard movies they're still making. You know, like he's just kind of like consistently in even Red. Like he's just like yeah. always kicking ass. Well, so this a, this just looked like more of the same. He's a classic action hero. Yeah, and this not that he doesn't kick ass in this movie, but it's arguably the most grounded yeah revenge slash action movie that i've seen bruce willis in i mean he essentially just plays a human being and you can tell that he's he's flawed in the beginning yeah and i was listening to an interview with eli roth Mm -hmm. about this movie and he was talking about that first scene where he falls over and he's shooting the gun at the car Mm -hmm. and they had to do that scene a bunch of times because Bruce Willis was doing it too well. At, yeah, at first he was just like, "No, no, we got to have less Bruce Willis here." Like, <laughs> this guy doesn't. 
Because obviously Bruce Willis has spent most of his career falling and shooting at cars, shooting guns. Yeah. He knows how to shoot a gun. Yeah. And Eli Roth was like, no, this guy doesn't know how to shoot a gun. You got to like, you know, uh, I thought that this movie, uh, was basically for me, what breaking bad could have been if they had condensed it and cut out a lot of the, what I thought was kind of unnecessary. But what was interesting is that because I went in expecting a kind of guns blazing, like the, the opening 15 minutes, like, excuse me, his family is killed. And then yeah. the rest of the movie is just like a increasingly deranged, like guy just out for revenge. That's right. what I was expecting. But like almost the first half of the movie, he hasn't actually done anything. No, it's like 40 minutes. Like there's actual character development. It shows like his, uh, you know, I get debatable how convincing it is, but I thought it was a pretty good job. All the hospital stuff, like yeah. he was kind of convincing as like a, you know, very um, controlled sort of like, you know, maybe there's something brewing under the surface you see at the soccer game. Like right. he's kind of like, yeah, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, but as like, there's a tough guy underneath, but he just like is very, uh, you know, a family man. And I, th- and I respected especially given sort of some of the other films that they took the time to once again to treat as kind of like adults and like it made the stakes and the payoff much higher and more valuable because you got to see these people as characters and not just sort of two or one dimensional like a one dimensional killing machine that just was like kind of you know it was lurking under the surface the whole time Um, I like the characters in this movie like there is a Breaking Bad alumni uh, in the movie the cop is the yeah hank yeah who play is the poor guy yeah. i mean his characters but he, he basically just plays cops that are really not really close to but are close to people that are essentially mass murderers yeah but are also kind of good guys and he just gets stuck in a in a place where he's like fuck what do i do and vincent vincent nofrio is the uh brother mm-hmm. character which I, I think d'onofrio did a really good job of putting me uh, it's kind of red herringish. Yeah, like it, I, it, I felt really tense the whole time because I assumed he like, was involved somehow. Yeah, the way the movie kind of plays out, I don't know that it's. I mean, I'm sure it's intentional, but it's not 100 percent obvious. Yeah, which is what makes it obvious to me. Yeah, as like a seasoned movie veteran, yeah. I'm just like, it's he's oh. gonna get get to the top of the chain, and yeah. it's gonna be his brother or something, yeah. or like his brother. Um, you know, sold out the info or like, you know, is was working with those uh the valet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was. Yeah. And uh but yeah. pleasantly surprised. I also I thought that they did a good job again, sort of this the breaking bad evolution of Bruce Willis's character. Like it wasn't uh like <clears throat> I don't really know how to say this. Maybe it's super obvious, but what I liked was like they didn't. It would have almost been a cop out if the fact that he was like a doctor and like a good person, if he was really torn up inside about killing these people. Yeah. And I think that by cop out, I just mean like that's almost the obvious thing to do. Yeah. But I think because maybe the source material and just like who's directing it and who's involved in it, it's clear that he. It's like Drive, you know, or Breaking Bad, where like once he starts doing it, he kind of like, you can tell he kind of likes it. Like he's smiling at one point when he's right. watching that newsreel. And also it's not the work of somebody who is like remorseful. Like one of my favorite scenes in the movie, mm-hmm. because I wish 
Well, hold on. Hold, yeah. hold on to that thought. Hold, okay. Holding. About, holding. About your your favorite, favorite, scene. favorite scene because we're going to do something new. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm excited for this, whatever in, it might be. In the show here. Koji told me he was going to do something new. I yeah. Don't, we're, I don't know. we're going to, um, yeah, we're going to switch it up a little bit and do some categories. So, okay. We're going to introduce a regular question period to our movies that we watch and our other media, but specifically our movies. Um, and we're going to run down some of these things. Now I'm, I'm, I came up with the questions, mm -hmm. but I didn't come up with answers to these questions beforehand. So okay. we're both in the, in the same spot, but so this is, this will be the question point of the Q and a. Yeah, of the YGLIQ and A uh, podcast, and then once we're done, we'll move on to the next one or whatever. But start with number one. Why should people watch this movie? Uh, I would say it's a. Hmm. My knee-jerk reaction was to say it's a kind of refreshing take on the revenge movie, okay. while while still remaining classic. If mm -hmm. that makes sense, it's like a Kill Bill or something. You know, you're definitely like. You know, it hits all of those beats, but not maybe in the way that you might have expected had you seen the trailer and the cast. I agree. And, you know, to kind of uh, expound on that a little bit, the cast, this is, if you like Bruce Willis, I feel like you will like this movie. And he is not his over-the-top version of Bruce Willis. It's more like die, the first Die Hard as opposed to, you know, live free and die hard Bruce yeah. Willis, you know? Um, and it... I like that they've kind of built into the character. Like now that Bruce Willis is slightly older mm -hmm. and maybe potentially more vulnerable, more of an everyman, less of like a a leading man. Not that he was ever a huge leading man in a romantic sense, but like mm -hmm. you can tell that there's some age on him. Mm -hmm. They've kind of built that into the character and to, to give him a bit more um, relatability. Mm -hmm. And so I really appreciate that. And I think that anyone who likes... Uh, action movies. This is a good sort of action. And I would say revenge film, but like kind of light on the revenge as far as like what the modern day revenge film is. Yeah. Because a lot That's of it, you're subdued. just like, whoa, yeah. you know, you're watching these yeah. movies and you're like looking yeah. away and the audience is screaming. This is more just like, uh, it was like subdued in a way. Yeah. Also, uh, sway, sway in the morning. Yeah. Constantly throughout. Yeah. He's like narrating the movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I know this is a reboot, but the next question is, if they reboot this film, who stars in the movie? This film, if they reboot it, if they reboot it again? Yeah. Um, who do you cast as the, as the Bruce Willis? Donald Glover. Just kidding. But Donald Glover can do everything, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, who do I cast as Bruce Willis? Um, See, that's tough. You probably... like. Can we ca cast a, a black person as the lead of this movie? Like I feel like they intentionally made Sway the voice of reason as opposed to the, I also thought the, about the that. white radio host because yeah, it was like, interesting. Uh, yeah, that I that that seemed obvious to me and I was like, ooh. Yeah. Uh, that's a good that's a really good question. I would say uh <clears throat> I have not thought about this at all also, so it's kind of hard to come up with, but uh No no no, I can we can do it. We can totally do it. Uh, I'm trying to it think it is tough though of like a somebody I could see in a couple of years you, you need you need somebody that you can feel sorry for they can't just be like a machine mm -hmm. you know 
which is funny to say that because you don't really think of Bruce Willis maybe as that guy, you know? You know uh, who I'd like to see, but maybe it's already too late? Benicio. Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of the character he plays in... Uh, Sicario? In Sicario, because his but, family has been killed, and he it's just like he's not the focus. He's Except at the badass. end of the movie, you kind of realize that he is the focus. Yeah, well, and he's going to be the focus of the new one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um... I'm trying to think, you know, I'm thinking like TV actors that I would like to see in more films because TV has become so high quality now. Yeah. That like there's so many incredible TV actors mm-hmm. uh, or people that I'm more familiar with on TV than maybe in movies. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of kind of drawing a bit of a blank. I'll be honest. It's, a, it's, it's like I want to think about it and come up with a really good answer, you know? Well, uh, if, you, if you come up with one, let me know. But, uh, okay, the next question is... Oh, you know what actually would be interesting, though? Sorry, I thought of one. But mostly because I've never seen him in something like this, and it would be convincing as somebody who is vulnerable. Uh, Excuse me, uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oh, anything that guy does is... Because, like, I can picture him being... He could also be the D'Onofrio character in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Because of Bloodline, basically. Yeah. But, like, I can picture him... And Mississippi Grind. Just, like, a yeah. sweaty, like... But it's it's easy to picture him sliding to, as a character, only having to be the, like, really, like, stand-up family man, yeah. like, right out of the gates for a little while, but then, like, seeing how he slides down this, like, slippery slope of, like, well, now His would I be darker, gun. though. His would be... It would, it would be a much darker performance than the Bruce Willis performance. That's yeah, for sure. Like, for it, sure. I'd be scared of him, you know? <laughs> um... But that would definitely be, uh, you know, be interesting. If you wanted to do this slightly more artistic, just have Kyle Chandler. Just pick somebody from Bloodline. That would be the choice. Oh, Kyle Chandler, that's a great one. Um, Actually, Kyle Chandler kind of makes more sense. You could just have the character, the brother, the brothers from Bloodline in the brothers' roles in this movie. It'd be great. Uh, Favorite movie moment in this movie? Yeah. Okay. I know what mine is immediately without even thinking about it. because I like, you know, I think that n- not everything can be straight to the point because that's not the point of filmmaking. But one of my kind of ongoing problems that I've just kind of come to accept about film yeah, is that not even, I guess, beating around the bush, just like a, the when reality sets in for me and I'm like, there's no way this would take this long or like somebody would behave this way. You know, it's the whole kind of monologuing joke, like villains kind of phoning in their plans, all that kind of stuff. Anything where it's like a delayed reaction. Yeah. So my, one of my favorite parts of this movie that really kind of drives home, it's sort of like the, uh, uh, the, the, where he's gone over the edge now at this point, you know for sure, mm-hmm. is that brief sequence where he is at work and a nurse walks by and is like, uh, the boy was shot on his way to school goes in, sees this little black kid who's been shot in the leg, and the kid's just like, he's like, oh, like, how'd this happen? You caught in a crossfire? And he's like, no, it's the ice cream man. He's like, the ice cream man shot you? And he kind of doesn't say anything. He's like, oh, he's not selling ice cream? And he's just like, ice cream man says that, like, if we don't, you know, whatever, if we're not selling the ice cream, that he's like, next time, he said, it's not going to be in my leg. Yeah. And Bruce Willis just kind of, like, looks at him. And then it just, like, it's like a smash cut, basically, where he you see these like three gangsters just sitting like the guy's on his front lawn and you know, he's kind of running his, his, uh, street, you know, his, the the whole thing is like set up. People are coming up and they're getting the drugs and dropping off the money. 
and Bruce Willis just walks up in a hoodie in like broad daylight and he's just like uh, you the ice cream man and the guy like takes that gold plated gun out of his pocket he's like yeah who the fuck are you and he's just like your last customer and then like unloads hit, like an insane amount of bullets and the other thing that was surprising about that scene is most action movies all those guys would take out guns yeah this was way more believable yeah they just because ran. like they don't expect just like an old white guy to come up and that quickly to just like execution style and yeah. it happens so fast but it's somehow done in a way that felt believable you know right. like those guys just fucking beating it and like he just destroys this like scumbag like that that is shooting kit like it was mm-hmm. it was like the epitome of like a of a revenge movie like where you you want to see these despicable people get punished because yeah. they build them up but we hadn't even been introduced to that guy it was just like a one-off scene where he right. just like walks up to this guy and uh and then the way that the scene ended where just the camera zooms in on the guy who's just like riddled with bullets and as the camera goes behind the 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 like thing in the foreground like the ice cream thing or whatever on the other side it's yeah like there's a time has passed and he's like in the the crime scene like body bag and stuff right and it was like a really interesting way of showing like it just happens so fast that whole sequence happens in like under three minutes it's a good one yeah and that was a really long-winded way of saying that I th- that was like i no, just i audibly good. went like this when he just like was like your last customer i was just like oh yeah. whoa that was like yeah. zero to 100 that i was expecting a little bit more of a back and of forth a, of a lead up you know like yeah no um I like the scene where he visits his uh, his therapist or whatever. Oh yeah, for like the second time, it, like because you see him visiting his therapist early on in the movie, and like he's trying to get his shit together, but he just can't do it. And then she's just and like immediately after he starts killing, yeah, he, like goes to visit his therapist again. She's just like, "You look good. Yeah, you look good. You've been, you know, you make any life changes?" And he's just like, "Yeah, I'm trying to eat well, exercise, and just like whatever you're doing, keep it up." And he kind of laughs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that scene a lot. Meet new people? Nah, okay. Not really. Uh, this movie, how much would you pay for this movie? Is it a rent, buy? Do you see it in the theater? and uh, Or do you just, you know, try and pirate it? How much would you pay for this movie? No, like, having known what the experience would be now, what do you think? I'd pay like a, a slightly more than a, what is reasonable rental fee. I, well, I would see it in theaters, but like if that's that's as much as I imagine, like now you go to a movie, it costs you like fourteen dollars. Yeah. If I saw this movie and it was like eight ninety nine, mm-hmm. like to, you know, like it's I don't know if I would if it has enough rewatchability for me to own it, but I don't know. I would pay like a decent amount. Yeah. I certainly, it's certainly above pirating for me. I, you know, I would pay like the most expensive theater rate. Yeah, like I would whatever it is like VIP twenty two dollars or something. VIP four D box or like whatever. Th- this movie has brought me back into Bruce Willis. You know, oh, that's great. I'm like, okay, I'm back on board to see whatever next thing he's he's doing because yeah. I I like this movie. I liked his performance in this movie, and it's kind of like uh, uh, you know action movies or whatever. Even though this is more of a gritty action movie, but like they're not dead yet. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. like all the action movies that we see now are like Fast and Furious or Transformers or whatever. And you're like, yeah, I mean, it's some it's, it's it is an amazing experience to see an over the top, like unbelievable event unfold. But also to just watch something that could happen, and obviously not in this way, but like yeah. could happen. You're just like, uh, did you see that most recent Jackie Chan movie? Was it called The Foreigner or something? I have not seen it. 
because that looked pretty crazy. Yeah, I should see it. I haven't seen it with yeah. Pierce Brosnan stuff about, yeah, where he's like trying to get the people who killed his daughter or something. But this is like the Punisher, this movie, eh? Yeah, and you know what? There was there's some you know there's some interesting stuff. I mean, juxtapositions and this kind of stuff in this kind of film are not new. But I really like the sequence at the beginning where it was showing him training himself and learning how to like put you know assemble and disassemble guns. And it was split YouTube. screen with him like stitching people up and working yeah. in the emergency room. At, at, you know, like it was like it's obvious, but like the way it was done was like oh this is you know and it and it was. Um, it was it was also very dark like it it had some points where there's a sense of humor but i just remember thinking through the first half like the whole sequence with his wife and daughter was not like a pg action movie sequence no. like it was like i you, was like you're waiting for is, the shoe to drop like yeah, even before fucked up. even before it's done like a horror movie what happens happens yeah. like when you see him with his family because you know what this movie is about you're like oh when's this going to happen yeah man um and i yeah, fuck. It's so crazy. And there's just some real... Uh, <laughs> I said uh, the the last two notes I made were, wow, the garage scene is over the top. And also the end was insane. as like an R-rated Home Alone where he just calmly is... Like he figures it... I was thinking this movie would end in a blaze of glory. I was like, how can it end where he comes out unscathed? Yeah. But it was pretty smart how yeah. they did it because it was like you remember, you're like, oh yeah, up until this point, he's been doing shit like off the grid right and they're getting closer and closer to like finding out who he is or catching him but then it he was just like oh why don't i just like legally buy a gun because now it's believable that i would now that i know like it's like yeah. he knew when he was in the elevator he's like this guy's gonna come after me yeah yeah but i'm gonna be ready for him and he just fucking ruins he's so calm about it like it, yeah I, it's just a really satisfying the payoff is amazing you're like Oh, these guys are fucked. Like they don't have, a, they don't stand a chance. The only thing that's a little bit cheesy is at the end when he's talking to the cop and the guy's like, "Do you ever own a Glock?" Yeah, and he's just like, "Yeah, a little while ago, but uh, I got rid of it." Yeah, kind of implying like, "Yeah, you you got me. I was yeah. the guy, but We're I'm not that, that guy anymore." Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what do you think this movie cost to make production-wise, and how much do you think it made? I would say it cost. Keep in mind, this movie was rated R. Not that that, as, but as far as how much it made, I'm it so bad at this kind of stuff because yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, f I feel like it's not that expensive. I feel like it cost them like fifty million. How many? Fifty, forty, five zero. Yeah. Okay, and how much did it make? Pro I don't know. Probably not that much. <laughs> Sixty. Okay. So how far off was I? Bruce Willis, I imagine, commands a, f a hefty fee, but like the budget for the production budget for this movie was thirty million dollars. Oh fuck! So I wasn't that far off no. in the scheme of movies. And okay. the total domestic gross—I don't know what the gross is international, but the total domestic gross, so that's North America, I believe, is thirty-four million. So it made four million dollars, basically, local, like in yeah. domestically. So that's not bad. No, I mean it's not a huge profit, but it's four million dollars. Yeah, profit. in the era of like movies that are costing like four hundred million dollars to make, you know. Yeah, I mean four million dollar profit plus whatever they can get from like VOD and uh, you know if it ends up on Netflix or international, whatever. Like mm -hmm. uh, it'll probably end up making I would also, say at least forty million, if not more. Uh, the last scene is also kind of good. Which one's that? When he's in the street and he sees that guy steal the oh. luggage off the thing. And he's yeah. like, hey. And the guy just stops in the middle of the road and he just goes, 
and like that's that's the end because it it's finger guns it's very uh tongue-in-cheek it's kind of funny but it also like afterwards i was like okay so wait though does that mean that he is he implying that he's going to go back into vigilantism or is it just like him right you know because he clearly got like a thrill out of i don't know it was just like a it was like a fun last scene that kind of it's like if you take the end of inception but instead of making it infuriating to some people, making yeah. it like just kind of funny. You're like, right. oh, the whole thing, like all this crazy, horrible shit happened, but maybe he's still going to do it. Who knows? You know, it's good. Okay. Good movie. So now on to our, you got to love it for the week. The Jennifer Lawrence vehicle. Black Widow. Red Sparrow. Um, but like, yeah, Black Widow though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Full definitely. disclosure, I didn't finish the whole movie. But it's very long. It's like two and a half hours long. You didn't finish it? No. Oh, man. There's like... How far did you get? Maybe halfway, a little over halfway. Here's the thing. Oh. I want to get this out of the way first so that we can talk about the good things. Yeah. Uh, I just watched in the last 48 hours, Rewatched The Born Identity and Hannah. Yeah, because I was a guest on uh, the overrated Joe, podcast. The overrated podcast with uh, Joe Cherovino and uh, Alan Harrison. Correct. This afternoon we recorded. This afternoon is great. Shouts to those guys. Thanks for having me on. They, we got to get them back. Oh yeah, got to get them back on our show. They say hi, by the way. Oh yeah, uh, we should definitely have them on, and we'll ask and, them these questions. And those were those were the two movies. That, so I have had a large dosage of. Um, European set spy movies with lots of like German and Russian type characters and stuff in them. Mm -hmm. So this felt like a very logical, like I saw, I was like, oh, I'm familiar with the setting in the, literally in the last 48 hours, I've watched like four and a half hour, five hours of movie that are kind of in this setting. But I will say that (laughs) it's funny after Death Wish where you get to see a car crush somebody's head just in a disgusting way. Yeah. Um, I found this movie kind of gratuitous in a way that I really did not like. And I found it kind of difficult to uh, get past that. I will finish it, but like I would compare it to Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, uh, you know, has some very graphic, really horrible, like, you know, trigger warning type shit in it. Mm -hmm. But somehow the way it was done or just maybe it's Fincher or the way it's written or like seeing the whole movie, the story, I don't know what it is, but I was like, this is making me very uncomfortable. But at the same time, there's something it's done in such a way where like, I don't know. It just like gets, I don't know why I can't really explain it. I'm conflicted about it. But this movie had a number of scenes where it just felt unnecessary if that makes sense like it was sort of like the program that she gets put into is like right it's kind of like it's like government mandated rape like you know what i mean like there's just like a lot of weird shit in it and i'm like this is like it it came dangerously well not dangerously for me it had the same feeling to like sort of like a torture porn kind of thing where it was sort of like i think they could have implied a lot of this and made the movie an hour shorter you know yeah and and by implied i don't mean implied like rape, but just implied like, okay, you're going through rigorous training, but like, there's just like really crazy shit that happens in it where I'm like, Ooh, that's like, this is fucking I think unnecessary. I think that they're trying to set it up for the, the last bit of the movie because I mean, for, 
you know, spoiler alert and all mm-hmm. of our usual whatever. But there's also scenes where she's getting tortured later right. on because like they don't believe something that she's saying. I don't know if you got that far, but uh, it really sets up the next leg of the film. And it is in some ways. So I agree with you mm-hmm. with what you're saying. And I think that some of it felt a little unnecessary and the the uh, accents are horrible. But all that being said, I think that what they were aiming for, and one of the things that I like about this movie is that the whole movie kind of plays out like one of those classic scenes from something else where there's two spies sitting across from each other and one glass has like poison in it and the other one doesn't. Mm-hmm. And they're constantly getting the other one to look away so that they can switch their glasses, you know? Mm-hmm. You, know you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. So this... The, the way the movie this movie plays out and what happens in it, there's a lot of that glass switching going on. And I think part of the motivation and part of the... Without ruining it for you because you haven't seen it yet, I think part of that comes down to how she's treated and, mm-hmm. you know, you have to kind of believe that she's... Um, gone through quite the ordeal. Yeah, like essentially gone through hell to like get to this point. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I think, um, again, I haven't seen the whole movie, but I guess just the the fact that it made me feel that way, I think there are some films that just do it successfully. Right. And for whatever reason, this one just wasn't doing it for me. It just felt, I couldn't stop thinking about how it was like, uh, in it almost in the way that some anime just feels like they came up with a plot as an afterthought to, to justify you know, gratuitous nudity or like violent, you know, like violence and sex and stuff like that. Like instead of being like, okay, well here's a story and there's going to be some bad shit in it. But like, you know, there's an actual story. It just like, I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, but why do I have to see this? Why do people need to see this? Which is interesting because I've been on the other side of that argument where I'm like, no, this is important. But I think this is like a good example of how, I could line this movie up with maybe other movies where I would argue the opposite to be like, this is why this is makes well, sense in this movie. But in this movie, it just kind of felt like I, I would argue that it's not so much what happens or the gratuitousness of the scenes. It's more the pacing of the film. Mm-hmm. Like the, the it's so oddly paced. It feels like a, an older film in that regard. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't really put my thumb on what I didn't like about the pacing, but I can just, I know that a lot of people watching this would be like, it's dragging and it's slow. And like, once you're going to be a spy, mm-hmm. you know, what are all these things going to happen? It, it, it's kind of a bizarre film, but in an odd way, the more I think about it, the more I, I like it now. And I almost feel bad for Jennifer Lawrence. Cause I obviously didn't do well or else we wouldn't be talking about it in this context. But, mm-hmm. um, I feel like she deserves a lot more credit. She like really carries this movie and I thought she did a decent job. Um, but yeah, I, uh, it, it is tough though. It's tough. It's yeah, not there's just like some weird, even yeah. Pay, again, it comes kind of down to pacing, just like things that are prolonged. Like I yeah. felt like, uh, but you, the, you, for example, yeah, when the whole thing sort of gets kicked off and she goes to that guy's room and he basically starts raping her. Yeah. And then that guy comes in the window and kills the dude yeah. while he's distracted. I was like, this is going on far too long. Like that's what, that's where it just feels like, um, 
like it crosses the line into like tasteless because I, I think that, um, you know, obviously this argument came up a lot during Game of Thrones, during the uh, um, Sansa scene in, uh, in Great when she's after she gets married to Greyjoy um, or fucking sorry, uh, you know, the fucking guy that feeds people the dogs. Yeah, yeah. Um, where it was just sort of like, you know, like, okay, I see what's going to happen here. I see what her uncle is telling her to do. I now see what's happening in the scene or what's going to happen in the scene. Okay, now I see it happening. And even that, I think, was maybe too much. It could have been implied. But then when it was happening, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, what? Like, this is horrible. Like, what? You know, like, it was already horrible. It already drove the point home. And it just was like a little too long. And it was like, why are they letting this happen? Already, clearly, he's already alone and distracted. Like, what? You know, it's just sort of like that idea that... These people, as it goes, everybody's horrible. As it goes forward, like you really, not only do you have to feel bad for her, mm-hmm. but you really have to feel like she's been broken. Yeah. No, I get it. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'll finish the movie. I just, it's, it's very, I don't think it's going to change my mind. I might enjoy other parts of the movie, but it just felt, I just didn't like that about it. I, I think when you see the whole, the thing as a whole, you, I mean, you, you, it's not like you're going to love, you're going to be like, that scene was great now, <laughs> but you're going to understand why they put it in the movie, I think. You know what was crazy, though, that caught me really off guard? What's that? I, didn't really, I only had an inkling of what, what this movie was about. The injury scene at the beginning, at the end of the dance, when the guy jumps on her leg. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. That was good. Like, this caught me so, I was just like, I thought she was going to be injured during like a mugging or so, you know, like yeah. I wasn't expecting that to happen at that scene and like the sound and like they, the camera is like fixed on it. Like they, however they did the effects for that, like it just looked real. Like it looked like when you see an athlete do that. And I yeah. was just like, Oh my God. Like it made me feel nauseous for like, I was nauseated. So I think a, a lot of this movie is that though, just like nauseating and like Ugh. painful. I don't know. It's, it's, Ugh, it's interesting gross. that like, I'm far more disturbed by this movie than I am by Death Wish. Yeah, that, but that's what I mean, though. That like but absolutely, it's definitely supposed to be disturbing. Like, there's yeah, no doubt in my mind that like everything they did in this film is it's intentional. But like, think about think about the scene with the daughter and wife in Death Wish, which is disturbing, especially when the guy clearly he's like, oh, I want time alone with her, and the guy's like, No, nah, man, we can't fuck around. And then he's like, Oh, go check the garage for rope, and you immediately yeah. know some shit's gonna go down, and then. There's no nudity or anything, but almost the way they do it, which again doesn't show it and it's not prolonged, yeah. it like is very impactful. Like I was like, this is fucked up and this is dark and it's it's upsetting, you know? Even yeah. in a movie that's as at points over the top as Death Wish and is like you go in expecting Eli Roth, whereas in, in the other movie, which is not supposed to be humorous right. at all. It's like a serious like drama about like of intrigue and well, spies. But I think is like part of the problem is that the violence and the like that sort of stuff that they show in Red Sparrow, it's not over the top. Like it might be over the top from a movie perspective in that like you're like, why is this in the movie? But like the way it's portrayed is not over the top. It's not like yeah. uh, eyes flying out of heads well, and like uh, you when know she, when she beats the couple the other dancers with the golf club that was pretty also pretty gratuitous like the girls like she hits her in the head and she just immediately starts like spewing blood in the bathroom and like squirming i was like what is this movie that i'm watching this is crazy it is so it is crazy yeah it is definitely crazy um 
But I found it interesting. Um, and I'll tell you, when the movie finished, I was like, I don't know if I like this movie. But like the more, <laughs> the more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, maybe I did like this movie. The, we should also just kind of say we haven't really given an overall idea of what it is. The reason I kept saying Black Widow, if you're unfamiliar with this movie or hadn't heard of Red Sparrow, it's basically about a prima ballerina or like the, you know, whatever, the star ballerina, dancer, uh, everybody. It takes place in Russia. Mm-hmm. She suffers a gruesome injury uh, that means she'll never dance again. But she, uh, her uncle works for like, you know, the a Russian the, government, the Russian like government, the agency, CIA equivalent. Like, yeah. And basically is like, she also has a sick mother that she has to take care of and she doesn't yeah. have any money to do that. Yeah, anymore. She, her, her housing and everything is paid for basically by this company that runs the dancing thing because she's a famous dancer. Now she's kind of destitute. She's desperate. And her uncle, uh, again, everybody kind of takes advantage of her and is very manipulative, but he's basically like, I can help you if you help me. Uh, and he exposes her to some very traumatic shit and basically forces her to be involved in this program that is meant to create uh, essentially the sort of stereotypical classic infiltrator, you know, seductress yeah. type uh, spy for the Russian government. That's the premise of the movie. So it's basically like, not that this wasn't done before Black Widow, but if you know anything about the Black Widow character in Marvel Comics, she's basically like, you know, trained to be this. Anyway, it's, it's, uh, the concept at least yeah. is, is, is it, I mean, I love spy movies, you know, it's just kind of like the way they get there is like, woof. this is like, uh, you know what it reminded me of, uh, like that movie Fishbowl with Michael Fassbender is like a, or like, uh, I don't know, just move, like, yeah, fuck, man, I don't know. I got to finish the movie. I know I'm not giving it, maybe not giving it a fair shake, but it was just really hard for me to get over some of that stuff. I was it, like, this is fucking weird, man. Yeah, it, it's pretty intense. It is a pretty intense watch, and it's definitely not for everyone. Um, but I'm, I'm like, from a, from a male movie-going perspective, straight male movie-going perspective, I'm surprised that the fact that Jennifer Lawrence is nude in this film do mm -hmm. not put more ass in seats. Yeah. Because well, like, I feel like that's a thing that people... I'm also surprised that we, see. on the other end of that kind of same spectrum, I'm surprised that we haven't heard more uh, outrage and people who are upset surrounding this movie given how gratuitous the sexual violence is in it. Because that's been, you know, that's clearly been something that's very front of mind uh, in terms of just all kinds of activism and movements to sort of like change the male gazy like all the like but toxic I, shit in I, film I, right I now. I think like the way that the movie turns it around in the latter half is like she kind of asserts her um she takes the power back, let's just say. Yeah, okay. And I think that maybe a lot of people are placated by that. Uh it's hard for you to answer this move this question because you haven't seen Finished the movie it? all the way through, but why should people watch this movie? I think it goes back to what I was saying before. If you like the whole sort of spy intrigue, um, twisty, turny story type thing, yeah, uh, that is the reason to watch this movie. Okay. If they reboot this movie, who do we put in some of the roles? Because we had Jeremy Irons as, uh, as one of the Russian generals. We had... Um, Which was crazy. I'm trying to think who else was in this movie. The the lady who Joel, runs Joel Egerton. 
Yeah. Is the American agent. Uh, the lady who runs the thing has been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. The guy from Molly's Game, whose name I can't remember, is one of the American agents as well. One of the ranking officers. Oh, yeah. That guy's great. Uh, the girl. Fuck. I don't know any of these actors' names, and I feel so bad. The yeah. woman that is in House of Cards as the... Uh, uh, I believe she takes over as a whip, maybe. Uh, that her name—I think her name's Linda. Her character name, uh, but she she's in. She's also an American. I don't know. There's like there's a lot you would recognize almost everybody in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Yeah. Who would I? Ca- I don't know. I think uh, like past, present, or future. We'll say, if you could think of somebody from like back in the day, if that if su- suits you better. You know what I want to see? In my head, you know who I want to see in this role is... Um, Do you ever see the movie Species? Yeah. Natasha Henstridge? It's a really long time ago. I feel like <laughs> yeah, she is like the epitome of, you know, badass Russian spy. Or like uh, Marie from Born Identity, who was also in Run, Little Run. I mean, yeah? She, she's... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of... Uh, fucking amazing talents out there that could very but it, convincingly see, uh, pull this off. The problem with my suggestion is you need somebody who can like really, uh, someone who can show like a wide range of like anger, vulnerability, uh, and someone who can carry an entire movie essentially themselves. You know, what's funny is that, uh, uh, Elizabeth Olsen was in that movie Mary Macy May Marlene. I might have that wrong. I always get the names wrong. You know what I'm talking about? Where yeah. she's in the cult. Yeah. It's like really. She dis- she'd be disturbing. a good one actually. Yeah, and then she is in the Marvel Universe with Scarlet Witch, so she kind of has like some sort of accent. And then in that same mov- series of movies is Black Widow. But like yeah. I was like, yeah, I could see like an Elizabeth Moss or Elizabeth Moss, Elizabeth Olsen uh, type actress. Yeah, that's not a bad choice. Uh, or even, even, maybe even more convincingly, because of being in the girl with the dragon tattoo, fucking uh, Rooney Mara. Yeah, I Yo, mean she's incredible, man, and she needs to be in way more movies because that I didn't even recognize her the first time I saw that movie. The whole movie. Yeah, like I was just like I was like, oh wait, she's in Social Experiment. What As, like, social the girlfriend? Network? Social network, yeah. yeah. She was like the girlfriend. Social network. Wait a minute, she's in this other stuff. Like I was like, yeah. that that kind of shit blows my mind when you see somebody that does I love like, social network. Not not only does like a full like body transformation, but uh, embodies a character so with like their entire their entirety. You're just like, holy fuck, man! This person is incredible. So very uh, rare. What uh, the what's the best movie moment? From this movie, I don't know if I can accurately say because I haven't seen the whole thing, yeah. and I don't know that I have a favorite moment <laughs> in the part, the, the amount that I saw. Um, For me, the realization of how the end plays out, because without again, without giving too much away, it's like almost a twist within a twist because you like everyone in the movie thinks it's like the characters in the movie think it's gonna play out in one way yeah you as the as the audience member mm-hmm. think okay it's gonna play out this other way 
because like you're let in on some stuff that not everybody knows or whatever. It doesn't go either of those ways. And then there's like a it, what ends up happening, and you're just like, oh, yeah, she really, she knows what's up, you know, like she she really cool. does does some things. So I I think that like the twist on twist is uh, probably the best movie moment in this movie. But I will agree that there's not a lot of definitely not a rewatchable movie, and there's definitely not a lot of scenes where you're like, yeah, that's the scene, because yeah. it, it's like. It is very uncomfortable and dark and yeah. It's bleak. It's very. Uh, okay. So is this a rent by theater pirate? And how much would you pay to see this movie? Bargain rent price yeah. or pirate, I think. Yeah. I'm on the lower end of the spectrum too. Like I'll probably give you like $4 maybe. <laughs> To see this movie, put a price on it. Like $4. I'm, I'm not getting it on iTunes when it first comes out. Yeah, but, but maybe when it's on sale. Yeah, for like, uh, or, or like if it's spy, on, spy month or something. If it's on Netflix or something, and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I have a subscription to this anyway. Like yeah. here it is. That's, so if if it's on Netflix, do we count that as the full subscription fee? No, like for the price. Like no, oh, I'm, paying I'm just for saying, Netflix, how so. much would you oh, yeah. willingly pay for this movie? And that is, I am somebody especially after mother but even before that like i enjoyed passengers still haven't seen i am i'm in on jennifer lawrence Mm -hmm. you know like i'm i'm willing to see what she's in even though i don't necessarily love everything that she does Mm -hmm. and i'm not that's not to say that i'm going to go out and pay for every jennifer lawrence movie but if i hear that she's in a movie that that is more incentive as opposed to less incentive or no incentive for me to see the movie um but yeah, I'm not paying more than $4 for this movie. Hmm. Even then, you know, it's kind of questionable. I Wasn't hate this movie just in theaters? I feel like it just Yeah, yeah, it's not, not that, it's not that old. Hmm. It's definitely not that old. Um, Who directed this movie? That I don't know off the top of my head. Okay, the last question. Oh, did you, did you say, uh, oh, it was directed by Francis Lawrence. Uh, is there some... What else has that guy done? Hunger Games, Catching oh, Fire. So other Hunger Games, Lawrence movies. Uh, but Mockingjay one and two, Water for Elephants, I Am Legend, Constantine. Oh, Constantine is good. And I Red Sparrow, I think. Yeah. So that's kind of weird, though. The Hunger Games director, like this popcorn teen, you know, YA novel. Film and I haven't seen any like, of them. Maybe they're super dark. It seems like they would be. I've seen all of like them. Battle Royale. Oh yeah. Um, not like this though. It is not dar- that. It's not that dark. It, it is kind of bleak. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I. It also. After seeing the first one, I was inspired to read all the books, which I did very quickly. Um, anyway, okay. So, how much did this movie cost to make? I'm gonna say. And how much did it make? I'm going to say higher than the other movie. I'm going to put it at... So the budget? The budget is... 60 million. Okay. And how much did it gross domestically? And I will say that this also has a foreign gross. Uh, Domestically, I don't think that they made any money on it. I'm going to say like 40. So you're saying 60 and 40? Okay. And... uh, And... Foreign? This is interesting because I'm so unused to doing this. I'm yeah. just like throwing numbers out, but I'm learning so much. Yeah. Foreign, probably less. Okay. 
So I don't think there's enough of a drug, you know. You said 40 you, domestically. And so how much foreign? Like less than that? 30? Yeah. 30, 35. 30. So you're saying it made 70 million. Yeah. Total. Total. And uh, cost 40 million to, to 60. make. 60 million to make. So they made 10 million. Well, I'll tell you this. <laughs> um, you are way off. The budget for this movie, 70 million. So you're pre- or 69 million. So pretty close. So you're pretty close. 69 million. The domestic gross, 46 million. Wow, that's really close in both. 46 million. So it cost them 69. They made 46. Not great. Foreign, 103 million. What? Maybe there's million. just more people foreign, you know, that are that there's more people out there outside of the United States to watch these movies. For a grand total of 150 million dollars, uh, well, 150 million 198,444 dollars worldwide on a movie that costs 70 million. So it is a success, you know. Now maybe not not maybe not domestically, but uh, interesting. Yeah. It definitely, definitely interesting. But uh, yeah, Shit. thanks for playing the game. No problem. I'm excited. I'm excited to think about these questions now when I'm watching these movies. Yeah, so now I think going forward, and again, I intentionally did not think about my answers to these questions because I didn't want to spring them on you and then have like answers just yeah. waiting. But we, I, th- we I gotta get questions from listeners. I think the biggest one is uh who stars in the reboot. We got to think about that. While we're watching the movie like Yeah. or who would have done it better or however you want to look at it, but Yeah. Yeah, I'm still trying to think of uh I did that for so long with Daredevil. Like basically after Ben Affleck was Daredevil, yeah. I just was constantly thinking about how, who would play Daredevil in a new Daredevil movie. And what'd you come up with? So many different people. So many different people. Fucking uh um Brain farting right now. He was in Four Brothers and Mark uh, Wahlberg. No, the youngest, the rock star one. I don't remember who that is. Uh, the one who gets killed. I don't. That know. like is the catalyst to make them all fucking lose their shit. Yeah, so, I just don't really remember that movie all that well. Um, I'll have to get back to you on that as well. But I had a I had a couple people that I thought would be good for the role. Okay, um, okay so movies for next week. We are watching. Um, uh, what's it called? I'm not, uh, you were never really, you're never really here. Yeah. Yeah. As the hidden gem. Cool. And the, you gotta love it is maze runner death cure. The final movie in the maze runner Have you series. Seen any of them? Yes. Oh, I've seen also any of them. seen and read all of, all the of maze it. runner books. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And it's a, it's a, you gotta love it though. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. sure I'm, I'm, I haven't seen it. But I'm positive that it is. You got to love it. So I, I will say this, that uh, I'm very tempted when watching movies uh, that are based on books. If I see things happening in the movie that like either happen very rapidly or like you're immediately supposed to be in love with a character and, and they die, but they've only been on screen for all of like 10 seconds. You're just like, why should I care about this person? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm immediately like, oh. There's got to be something in the book because like, especially when that happens in some of these movies and like you, you'll read on the internet, people are like outraged, yeah. outraged that this person's dead. And I'm just like, why does anybody care? They yeah. were on screen for 10 seconds. Yeah. You know, so I have to read the book. And so in both the case of the Maze Runner and um, the Hunger Games, I read every, every one of those. 
but I'm I'm almost positive based on the last two or three Maze Runner movies that were out. There's no way this one's gonna be good. Like li- literally, no way. Okay, well that's a really that's a ringing endorsement. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right, that's what we got. That's what we got on tap. That's it. Thanks for rec- joining. Well, us. We got recommendations though. Still. Oh. Right. No. no. Yeah, we do. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I got you. Don't worry, I got you. I got two. If you don't have one. Okay. Well, what do you got for us? And my my first recommendation is a uh, comic book, a new Rick Remender comic book okay. out on Image Comics. Uh, he's teamed up with uh, the for people that follow. I feel like anybody that went to school for animation or is really into animation, animation art, um, and like digital painting and stuff like of that nature. There's an artist who just goes by Bengal. Yeah. He's a French artist, uh, like European. Um, pretty amazing. Does a lot of really detailed cars and motorcycles and robots and stuff like that with like, uh, you know, like cute girls on them and, like people people wearing crazy armor and shit like that very um you know there's a lot of it now but always been a fan like really nice palette color palettes as well mm-hmm. so bengal is the artist and if i'm not mistaken it's actually his first uh like series like series yeah he's done like one-offs or something like that i could be totally wrong but i'm pretty sure that he hasn't done like an ongoing comic right um so right there the art is like on some next level like it's pretty good art right um and rick remender is the writer and it's so it's called death and death or glory and it's a story seems to be set in modern day about um this girl who like grew up she's a woman but she grew up in like a with her father in sort of a lawless part of america where it's sort of like lots of bikers and truckers you know it's kind of in the desert somewhere they haven't really pegged it down There's a lot of racism, but it's basically just like uh, she grew up wild, so to speak, uh, with living the set of values about just like freedom, like the road is freedom, all that kind of stuff. But her father is... Very Jack Kerouac. Her father is uh, sick. He's very sick and she has, they have no money and she comes up with this scheme where her ex-husband is a drug dealer. Mm -hmm. Um and she, obviously she doesn't get along with him. That's like why they, they went their separate ways, but she finds out about this shipment. She's like, well, I'm just going to st- go rob these guys in disguise. I'm going to get the drop on them at the drop, get this money, and I'm going to use this money um, to, to pay for my dad's surgery or whatever. But obviously things go horribly wrong, and it turns out that uh, he's not actually smuggling drugs. He's actually smuggling people. And there's like a very uh, no country for old men. There, there's this whole cast of characters that are introduced very rapidly in the first right. issue. But it, more than any comic, even in the image comics that I've read recently, it reads like a TV series or like a, or a movie like No Country for Old Men. Like it's very crisply and clearly defined, like kind of who is what character, who you're rooting for. It's not that there isn't still kind of some mysterious figures, but it reminds me of a lot of like a preacher or uh, um, really the most like preacher. Like it's just there's a, there's a collection of characters that are right. involved in something that because one person's decision, everybody's fucked. Yeah. And, and everybody starts preying on each other and it sets off this chain reaction that spirals wildly out of control. And I've only read the first two issues. There's only two issues out, but... 
I definitely would say it's like a comic. It's a good jumping on point for somebody that doesn't is maybe interested in comics, but doesn't like hero comics because it's very much like a very remender in terms of the language that's used. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty cool. I'm I'm enjoying it through two issues. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll be like definitely stay in tuned. I'm gonna probably wait and get the trades now, but um, that does sound good. It's pretty cool, man. Uh, okay, my recommendation for the week is a movie that everyone knows about. I'm sure a lot of people haven't seen, which shocks me. But uh, I'm going to recommend Solo, a Star Wars story. That's a bold... Okay, go on. I what, how Have come? you seen it? Yeah. How come? Because it plays... To me, it is one of the first... Maybe the first of these Star Wars movies that doesn't necessarily uh, I mean it, it still feels like it exists in the Star Wars universe and of course it's about Han Solo but it doesn't feel like a traditional Star Wars movie mm-hmm. there's no lightsaber battles there's no Jedis really Close. there's those I weird mean, dagger things that yeah, yeah. But, but even yeah. that guy's like useless in mm-hmm. the movie you know like you think you're like oh this guy's gonna be the ultimate badass the you know yeah. and then you're like no nah, this guy's not that badass no you know he's working for a badass and it doesn't it also doesn't end the way that you would think it was going to end i mean clearly because this stuff happened in the past you're just like either you know the hero's going to win the day or everyone's going to die because i don't know any of these characters like from the actual movie so like what the fuck happened but who knows we won't know but like it it ends in a way that you're like oh there's some questions here Mm -hmm. you know like what's and maybe it'll be answered in the Boba Fett movie. I don't know. I enjoyed it. Or the Lando movie. Aren't they making a Lando movie now too? Or they've like uh, pen, they're penning a oh, script for they one? They absolutely should. Donald Glover is literally the, the greatest uh, thespian of our time. He literally could just like I feel like anything. I'm I'm I've already you know I he first round draft pick. I have I have the like season tickets ready to go on the anything he Donald Glover for does. Life. Yeah, anything like. It could just be a book of poems or something. I'm going to buy that book. I'm going to read it because like... It's Donald Glover. Yeah. I, I've not seen him create one... Starting from Community and Forward, I've not seen Even him before that, one Even before that, Comedy. Yeah. With his friends. There's some, some really good stuff there. Yeah, yeah. There's some good comedy. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy, I did really enjoy it. I didn't really like the first 10 minutes. It, I took some warming up. I felt like there was uh, probably the most remnants of the Lord Miller pass off to Howard... And not really knowing what to do with some unfinished stuff felt the most evident at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's great. Introduced some new characters that I really would like to know more about. Like Enfy's Nest. I was just like, oh shit, I need to. I need an Enfy's Nest movie or at least like a live action TV series. Right. I I just think that like there's so many great moments in. I, I, it is not the greatest. Of all the Star Wars films, it's probably not even cracking my top five at this point. But, sure. but from uh, from the perspective of being a fan of Star Wars, it would be crazy for for me to think that there aren't there's people who ha- who are not seeing this movie, which is obviously the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't do very well. And there's some amazing, amazing like, oh yeah, there, there's the, the the death of Woody Harrelson's character is is fantastic, amazing. Also. What in, that, what? in that vein though yeah another thing that i did like a lot about this movie more so than rogue one yeah even though i liked rogue one way more is 
the original, even just A New Hope, there's a lot of stuff that's referenced that isn't in the movie, right? Like when you meet these characters, there's like a lot of stuff they just say right. to build the character, which when you see it is fine. But this movie addresses almost all of the ones that I can think of from any movie that Han was in. Like whether it's the Kessel Run or, you know, just even like the shooting first. Like there's so many things where it's oh, like... Oh, the shooting first is like... Uh, that's by far my favorite moment of the whole yeah, thing. It's great. But but like there's so much stuff that's like a wink at fans, but also explains stuff. It's yeah. great. Like they're like, you know, we meet Han Solo as a he's like older. He's not old, but you know, he's probably he's old clearly older than Luke when we meet him in a new hope. Yeah. And he's he's weathered. He's clearly had lots of adventures with Chewie. And uh we don't know about any of those, right? You right. just kinda hear you see things around the Millennium Falcon that aren't really explained. He says things like you know, we don't really know anything about Chewie, but the way that they build him up to be this really strong, imposing character, like when he says, like, oh, you know, like a Wookiee, Wook droids aren't known to, like, rip people's arms out of their sockets, you yeah. know, when they lose, things like that. He says stuff that w before we saw this solo movie, you yeah. were like, yeah, of course. But then in this movie, all of that is, like, it's paid off. Even, yeah. even in whether it's a joke or something serious, you're like, oh, that's great. Yeah. Like, I also kudos to the star of this movie, whose name escapes me. Alden Emmerich? Yeah, for being Isn't it? amazing as Han Solo. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he plays like the... People were skeptical, but after seeing the movie, I thought he did a good job. I think he played it to a T. Yeah. Len I, I love when he's like, when, when Woody Harrelson's like, you're in trouble. And he's like, yeah, you really are in trouble. And he like yeah. steps forward and <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like such a... Uh, textbook like he really nailed the han solo like he's so arrogant and he yeah. just he always thinks he's got a good plan even when the plan is horrible and even after it's gone wrong but somehow things work out he's like oh yeah that's how that's totally what i meant to happen obviously i also like when he's talking to chewy for the first time and it's just like i got some real good friends <laughs> waiting for me at the airstrip we got to go to the airstrip you know we're, yeah. we're just like <laughs> talking about how great friends they are and i'm just like yeah that is also a pure han solo thing to do now i will say donald glover's depiction of uh, lando calrissian i mean granted we don't see a lot of lando it's a it's not a direct direct translation from the lando of the original the series D. yeah the billy d williams lando but i still really like his portrayal of yeah. lando calrissian and I, in my mind i thought by the time this movie ended that they would be good friends no no <laughs> no no uh yeah man there's there's a there is a lot to like there's i'm i am kind of tired of these anthology films introducing great new droids that just get are not going to be in other movies you right know? like uh look c3po and r2 are lovable but i would be lying if i didn't say in these new movies whenever i see them i'm just like okay yeah we get it yeah, Anthony Daniels, love you, man. You were yeah. great in the original trilogy. Then we saw you in the prequels. We saw you get built. Yeah. R two's been in all of them, but like now, you know, they almost come across to me as like a, a Jar Jar esque. Like the the comedy, the joke has been played out. You know, if you're in the ninth movie and it's still three PO doom saying and complaining and R two being just the like hero. a little, little yeah. sassy little fucking shit disturber. Yeah, great. But like, I don't, you know, what? that's why it was so refreshing. Like K2 was amazing. Yeah. Seeing like a, a, a droid that is clearly like hyper intelligent is like a 3PO, but like 
has attitude, you know? Like right. it, it's really they're really building out the universe of droids, which we thought of as either three PO, R2, or just kind of the mindless like gronk or like mouse yeah. bots. Like they're they're either kind of mindless and so, like animals or they're like these two, but now we're seeing like and then in this one, E three yeah, or L three. L three. Is L three voiced by Tilda Swinton? No, I can't remember the actress's name. We looked this up because everybody, when when I saw it, we, they were like, was that Phasma? Was that like uh, Gwendolyn Christie? I was like, no. Uh, in my head, it was Tilda Swinton. So good. Yeah. She's, it was a great droid. Yeah. That, that was one of the characters that very felt very Lord and Miller. You know? Yeah. Like... Yeah, no. Like, I don't know. I'm curious to know what they would have done, man, with that, if they had the whole movie. I really am. I think it would have been a lot more like the Lego movie. Yeah. Like, just in terms of the way the dialogue happened and how the characters interacted with each other. But, you know, I don't know. I'm happy with what well, that turned out. I'm, it, it's, it's, I'm excited to see where they take some of these other... Some of these I other... have to do an Enfys Nest movies. movie, though, now, right? Or like a series or something. That was, a, that was, I think, the most under... It's not even really a spoiler, but like, I didn't see that coming. Which... which, which? Enfys Nest. Like how the crazy badass marauders that are chasing them yeah are literally not like they're like the start of the rebellion yeah yeah that's like a massive reveal or a massive like bomb to drop and then just like not even announce like people were like there are other reveals that are more spoilery that i'm not going to talk about characters that are in it and people that's what everybody's talking about but i was like yo like clearly this character is not mon mothma and we already know that at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. There's clearly the beginnings of some sort of resistance to like what's happening with the with the dissol- the dissolution of the Republic and the em- Galactic Empire starting. But like, she literally basically just says that. Like her last line is like, you know, this isn't just fuel. This is like hope. This is like the start of the rebellion. And yeah. You're just like, oh fuck. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't really exist yet. You know right. what I mean? Wh- where this is in the timeline, and I'm like, I want to see that. Like I want to see a movie about. It should be a TV them, show. Them negotiating, yeah, yeah. I would watch a TV show too if it's if it's done well. But yeah. like, very Rogue One esque, like seeing all the seedy corners where there's like people that have been pushed to like the brink, like and are on the edges of the galaxy. Just right. like this group of like super capable, very intimidating marauders, just like flying around, being like, okay, like we're funding, we're secretly gathering funding and resources to start a rebellion against this galactic empire. Like that would be sick. Right, because when you think about it, all of the movies we've seen that are in that era, the rebellion just is a thing that exists. We don't know much about its structure. Right. We, you ju- it's just like yeah, the rebellion. It's just been we've been fighting against the empire as long as we can remember, and it's like what? But like how? I'd, how? I'd also <laughs> like to see a movie about just a stormtrooper or something, mm-hmm. like just some guy not finn yeah but like not somebody that that turns hero or maybe they do i don't know but like i also want to see what the the most orderly sort of clean society in this galactic empire is like Mm -hmm. because like everything you see is like dirty and falling apart and like whatever but there's gotta be some some battlefront 2 not well, but it does fill in some of that. Yeah. I, mean, I know a lot, a lot of people probably, I mean, controversy aside, if you're not a gamer, you probably didn't play through the single player of that game, but it is interesting because they show like occupied planets yeah. that are like under the yoke of the empire, but are like, uh, 
economic centers for the empire, not right. just like slaves producing stuff, but like actual like civilizations where they're just like, yeah, we're cool with the empire. It's mm -hmm. fine. Like we give them like tons of the recruits for stormtroopers come from here. We've got like an academy where we train them and it's not very quickly things go south in the game. So it does kind of become very, uh, uh, world war two, you know, dictatorshipy. but like initially the way that they illustrate some of these, like the people that, uh, fight for the empire as not necessarily one dimensional, but like they do a good, I thought an interesting job at least of showing these people just like who genuine, genuinely believe that like what the empire is trying to do is right. Mm -hmm. Like they're like, we're, we're, bringing order and peace to these these planets like we're not you know but when they fight back it's not the planet that's fighting back it's like the the rebels so we want to eliminate the rebels so that we can impose right order and help the people that live here and they can join the empire so it's it is interesting to see that and it would be cool to see a tv show or a film yeah that maybe doesn't necessarily have heroes in it or right. and then in the way we typically think of them like further blur those lines and show like a really complicated situation where there's like a stormtrooper or a high ranking officer that like really is drinking the Kool-Aid, but is in a situation where you could almost maybe be like, Ooh, I'm conf It's like a Thanos thing. Like I'm yeah. conflicted. Maybe this planet is very divided and it's in turmoil. Maybe, I don't know. It would be good. A lot of great Thanos memes, by the way. Oh yeah. I don't know if you saw Fucking, the we, Cavaliers Thanos thing, but it was pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I've well, I myself made a LeBron James Thanos Photoshop. Oh, you did? During the Raptors series. After the first two games, I made one where I just took a picture of Thanos and and very carefully Photoshopped LeBron's face onto it. Oh, no, this was... Uh, the other way around. Uh, Golden State. This was the LeBron getting like... Uh, um, Turned to ash? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway... Yeah, that was a lot. That was a serious tangent we went on. Good yeah. recommendations, though. We don't. I could make a music recommendation just so we have a song to finish it with, but maybe I just won't, and we'll just pick a song, and it will be a surprise. Okay, I'll save it for next week. Uh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Until next time, keep loving it.